0: Good afternoon, everybody. I'm about to start teaching on knowing what our real enemy is in this time, and I'm so glad that we are able to be together. Bless you abundantly. Good afternoon, friends, and everybody on Facebook. I am coming to share with you this afternoon what God has laid on my heart to share. With the people in this time and in this season and I really am praying for the revelation to be able to be imparted well that you will be able to see what it is that God has got for us in this season and in this time and I really want to start by praying first because I feel such a weightiness on the word that God has given me to share with you this afternoon. Jesus, I want to ask you for your revelation. I want to ask you for your clarity. I want to ask you to speak very clearly through my mouth. I'm just a vessel in your hands. And I want to thank you for imparting wisdom and strength and authority and power into your body and into your church right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You know, friends, from... The time that we've started praying, our country and for everything that's happening in this season and in this time, God has been calling us to call people to rise up and to take their rightful places. For years, we've been calling Esthers and Daniels and Joseph to take their rightful places as advisors next to important people. And we've been calling them to rise up in this time and in this season. And I just want to share with you today what God has spoken to to, to me about exactly that issue. You see, friends, I want to say this, our enemy is not the coronavirus. Our enemy is not what we're facing in lockdown. Our enemy is not the reason that we are in lockdown right now. It is not the coronavirus. When God started speaking to the prophetic people and to the prophets about the shaking coming to the world, he said there was going to be a great shaking. He's been preparing us for a long time for a great shaking. Me personally, he started talking to me in 2006 about a great shaking coming to the earth. This great shaking is God's great shaking and he has brought it to the earth for a time such as this why has god is god shaking the earth because my friends god is preparing his church he's preparing his bride to take their rightful place he's preparing the church of god to get ready for the second coming of our wonderful king jesus we have to understand that this is an appointed time in heaven this is an appointed time with an appointed people on earth as it is in heaven and god has called us to be ready for a time such as this. He said he is shaking everything that we have put our dependence on. He is shaking everything that we have made more important than him. God is shaking the world. The coronavirus is just one type of the shaking that's happening in the world. Let me remind you, when God said the shaking was coming, that 2020 would be the year of the beginning of the shaking, it would be a new decade and it would be a new era, it was the beginning of the year of the shaking. The year started with the fires in Australia, it did not start with the corona hitting the world. It started with the locusts swarming through all the places. We haven't even seen the effect of the locusts yet. That's still coming when the food supply runs out. We have to know that God has been preparing us for a time such as this and for this season. And the coronavirus is not our enemy. If we believe that that is our enemy and that is the biggest thing we're facing, we are being hoodwinked and we are being fooled, friends, because it is not the biggest thing that we're going to be facing. This is the season of the shaking and God is shaking so that his church can take their rightful place. We have to understand that and we have to see that. I've heard so many people say, I can't wait for the lockdown to be over so we can go back to life as normal. My friends, we will never go back to life as normal. Life as we know it belonged to the season that was past. The Bible says the former things are gone. Behold, I'm making all things new. We have been transplaced into a new season, into a new era, into a new decade. We have been positioned into a new place in God and we have to find out what it is God wants from us in this time and in this season for what He wants for His bride to be. Now I started off by saying to you that God has said, call the esthers and the daniels and the josephs to rise up and take their rightful place and then he said this to me he said what is it about esthers daniels and josephs that were different now i want to just mention something to you the first thing i want you to know is that all three of them lay down their lives for the sake of a kingdom god is looking for a people that are prepared to lay down their life for the sake of the kingdom of god the second thing i want you to know is they didn't choose to be there Not one of them were in a position that they chose to be. Esther, as a young virgin, beautiful woman with dreams and visions for her own life ahead of her, was placed into the harem of a king. Daniel, son of a royal king, royalty, was stolen and taken and made a eunuch in the courts of the Babylonian kings. Then we see Joseph, who was sold by his very brothers. And he was sold into a land called Egypt where he was a slave. None of them were there by choice. My friends, it's not our choice. It's not how we feel. It's not how we are led emotionally. It's not how we feel about it. And we can't get back to our happy little life again. We have been chosen for a time such as this to take our rightful place. That is what was said of Esther in Esther 4.14. What if you were chosen for a time such as this in the kingdom of God? And we have been chosen, friends, for a time such as this in the kingdom of God. None of us have chosen to be on lockdown. Not one of us have, yet we are. Now, isn't that amazing? So maybe God has got something he wants us to find out and to discover and to be able to stand on in this time and in the time going forward. This is a preparation time for the decade that lies ahead, friends. This is a preparation time for what's coming and what lies ahead. I want you to understand and I want you to know this is the beginning of a journey. It's the beginning of an era. This is not just a case of lock up until the virus goes so we can all go on with our happy little afterlives. Life is not going back to the way it was. Church is not going back to the way it was. We have to find a new reality in Christ for this season and for this time that we are in. Now I want to talk a little bit more about the unpacking of the bigger picture that God has got for us. The first thing I want you to realize that in Genesis 11, when the Almighty God separated the United Nations of that time, He did it for a reason. And I'm going to read to you from Genesis 11 verse 6. He said this for the Lord God came down to see the city and the tower that man was building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. Right from Genesis 11, God came in and destroyed the works of the evil one. And I want to tell you, friends, that since that moment, Satan has been plotting and Satan has been planning. And the Antichrist has been alive right throughout the journey, right throughout the season. And God said the Antichrist is coming and yet is already with us. And he has been calling a season and calling a time where he can reunite the nations and have a people speaking one language so that once again he can be in control of this world but we are not of this world. we from a different kingdom. And God is shaking us loose of everything that we have been reliant on that is a system and the means of this world. What is the plan of the enemy? To establish a one religious system like they had in Babel. And I want to tell you, friends, interfaith is the moving towards a one religious system. It's already being pulled together. It is being established. The next thing is a one system of economy. You see, to be able to control the world, there's got to be one way and one means of finances. The kingdom of this world has to control the people of this world through the economy of this world. But God says we're not of this world, friends. We cannot look to this world as our source and as our provision because this world has to come to an end, but we are not of this world. The next thing is a one government system. There was a one government system under the control in those days of Semiramis and her husband Nimrod that was controlling the world and the world system and the world religion and the world economy. And since then, the enemy has been trying to get a one government system in control again. It is no secret. People have been preaching about it for years. Some have called it conspiracy. Some have said it's not existent But it doesn't take anybody with a little bit of savvy to see it's happening. It's been happening. It's been employed. It's been planned. And it's been happening for years. And we've seen many little things coming into place. And I want to tell you now, it's closer than it seems. The next thing is the one world order with one ruler, one ruler, the man of peace, shouting peace, peace, when there is no peace, coming in to take his rightful place. And finally, the mark that will establish the fact that we are part of that system, interlinked into that system, and it's, it's going to be in such a way that you cannot get out of it and that you cannot live unless you are marked And everything about our society is leading to the place that we are in a time where everything about us is known as never before. The wonderful gifting that God has given us called the computer and cell phones are just the most marvelous way of linking everybody into one computer, World Wide Web, as never before. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about the reestablishment that was separated at Babel. The enemy doesn't forget He doesn't come and go as we human beings do. It's been one force on the earth all this time. He has not forgotten that he wants to be raised up as the king, that he wants to tie and steal God's place. He can't steal God's place (coughs) because God's not even fighting the devil. Jesus has already come and defeated the works of the evil one. Now all he's doing is he's trying to take what's rightfully ours, our inheritance. (coughs) Excuse me a minute. He's trying to take our inheritance, my friend. The enemy is the church. We have to know that. (coughs) (coughs) Satan's enemy on earth today is the church. And that's who he's fighting against. And it is vital that we know our true enemy And that we rise up with one heart, one voice, one strength, and we address the true enemy. And our enemy is being revealed at every level. And that is not a surprise. You see, the enemy needs chaos so that he can bring his order into chaos. The enemy needs fear. Fear so that He can control people, but God has not given us His church a spirit of fear. He 's given us his church adoption of sonship with a fire to be able to stand in the last days in this end time now i 'm going to look back again at um, these three people that we 've called into position so often. We need more Esthers taking their rightful place. We need more Daniels taking their rightful place. We need more Josephs taking their rightful place. The first thing you need to know is none of them wanted to be there but they made the best of their situation and they became the best vessel for the kingdom of God that they could be. And the next thing is this, they stood for truth at the risk of their own life. My friend, it is a time for us not to be intimidated. By the Pharisees and by Herod, by the heast of the Pharisees and by the heast of Herod, not to be intimidated by political spirits and religious spirits, but to stand up for the truth in love. And that is the truth of who Jesus Christ is and who the body of Christ is and who the sons of God are, those that are filled with righteousness and with truth and with peace. Those that stand so full of the spirit of God that they are full of the fire of God. And we've got to continue in the fullness of that. And we also have to know that all three of them turned the destiny of their time. And God is looking for a people that will turn the destiny of their time. God is not finished with the supernatural for this earth. My friends, this is not lying down, playing dead, and thinking it's all too late. The greatest revival is about to happen. Do you understand that Jesus cannot come and fetch us until the greatest revival has come and the lost that are still broken and lost in the valley of decision making have come into the kingdom of God? The greatest salvation, the greatest revival, the greatest millions being saved is about to happen and how is it going to happen by the sons of God rising up and taking their rightful place now I want to talk a little bit about Esther so what do I want you to understand about Esther her name means star David said, there's a time coming where those that are wise will shine like stars and they will lead many into the fullness of God. It is time for those that are wise to start shining like stars. What was her commission? Well, if we look at Esther um, 3 verse 1, we see her commission. It said, after this, King Xerxes honored Haman, the son of Hamadatha, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. Esther was called as a humble Hebrew girl that happened to have an incredible king to risk her life for exposing that which was elevated above God. My friends, this is the time for us to bring into the light where the enemy has exposed anything that has been elevated above the great I am. Our father in heaven, our father and the incredible King Jesus, who is the King and the Lord and who has been given all authority. Haman means magnificent. And I want to tell you there are things that look magnificent in this world. Lots of money, lots of education, lots of magnificence that is being given elevation, that is being seen as the as the saviors of our time. My friends, we have a saviour, his name is Jesus Christ, and he's not giving that position to anybody else. Anybody else that tries to fill the role of being a saviour in this time is of the Antichrist. And the next thing we have to know, that even though it might seem magnificent in the eyes of this world, there is evil, great evil, behind that which is being elevated as saviour, as advisors, as people that are going to swoop into the nations and save the nations. My friends, the only people that are going to rise up to save the nations in this time, is the sons of God. He said he is raising up his mountain and the nations would be drawn to the nation of the son of God. And we have to settle this unshakably in our hearts. One heart, one mind, one strength. This is not a time to build little kingdoms. This is the time for the sons of God to raise up under one king, Jesus, with everybody taking their rightful place and being who God has called them to be in this time and in this place. So what was Esther's commission? Number one, she had to expose the heart of evil. Number two, she had to stop the evil plot that was coming against the covenant people. And number three, she had to expose that there were gallows erected against men of God. And if she was doing it at her own risk of her life my friends, this was not a time for her to be cheeky. This was not a time for her to think that she was beyond reproach. This was not a time for her to rise up and think nothing was going to happen to me. She had to seriously come before God. She fasted. She prayed. This beautiful woman that was so well-rooted in the things of God, that had been so well-prepared, all three of those people had spent time of being separated and being prepared in the things of God. They had had been thoroughly prepared in the things of God. Daniel had refused to eat of that which was offered to him by the king's table. He'd gone on a Daniel fast. We speak of that so glibly today. Oh, I'm doing a Daniel fast. Do you know what it costs for Daniel to do a Daniel fast? It costs being set apart, being separated, being prepared, rejecting the king's table so that he could be who God wanted him to be. And Esther took very seriously this commission. My friend, she could not walk in there glibly. She couldn't go in there to prove a point. She knew what happened to Vashti. Vashti had been kicked out of a kingdom. She stood at losing her life if she went in there glibly. But she needed to be as wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove she had to be found worthy and trustworthy and she had to be able to bring truth in a way that was unshakably deniable and my friends this is not a time For us to look to the left, look to the right, be cheeky. This is not a time for us to rush around and be blasé in what we flash out there. This is a time for intensity of coming into the presence of God, hearing his voice and speaking the wisdom that God has given us to speak. Because to be able to expose the heart of evil, she had to unshakably know that it could not be proved wrong. For the able to show exactly what was being plotted against the covenant people, she had to have evidence that could not be shaken. And for her to be able to save Mordecai, she had to be incredibly wise. And my friends, I want to say to you, body of Christ, this is a time for the heart of Esther to rise up in the body of Christ. This is a time to say, God, I lay down my life for your kingdom's sake. My friends, coronavirus is not our enemy. And coming to the end of this lockdown time is not our salvation. And we're not going to come out of here and go on with happily lives ever as ever after. Jesus said it is a new era. It is a new day. Things were never going to be like they were before. And he's looking for those that are prepared to be raised up in this time to take their rightful place. That know the truth, walk in the truth, unshakably stand for the truth, and that are protecting their brothers in this time. And are able to stand with each other in this time and are not scared to speak the truth. But they speak the truth in love, my friends, and in the fear of the Lord. I want to tell you now it's time to speak in the fear of the Lord. It is time to speak in the way that we know that God has spoken and we've got to count our mouths. We've got to count our words. We've got to speak carefully. We've got to speak cautiously. We cannot be glib. We cannot be smart. We've got to be wise, 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 because I'm telling you now, God is building a kingdom and he's building a kingdom of people that can take him seriously. And I'm telling you something else. We have a real enemy out there, my friends. And the next decade is not going to be easy. And I want to say this for a long time, we've spoken about the fact that the prophetic should always be exhorting, encouraging, and empowering. And I absolutely agree with that. But prophets have to bring warnings. Because if we don't stand for and bring warnings, the church is, why didn't anyone warn us? We've been warning for years. The shaking's coming. The shaking's coming. The shaking's coming. No one spoke about Corona because Corona is not that important, friends. But Corona has come to distract us. It's come to take our attention. It's come to take our eyes off that which is really happening. What is really happening? There's a system coming into place to control everything. And it's coming against the covenant people. Do you understand that? (coughs) The gallows have been put in place to stop righteous people from speaking truth. We've got to know exactly what we're facing in this time and in this place. Now I want to look at Daniel. In Daniel 10, five, verse ten, the queen. It's wonderful to me how often God uses women to speak to the men, because the men are, are going out there doing the man thing. But but it took the wife of of um a, a what was his name, Pilate to warn him about Jesus, and it took the wife of this king to warn him about Daniel. And she comes out there and she says, I know a man that the spirit of the holy gods are on him. He's got insight and he's got intelligence and he's got wisdom. My friends, like never before, we need to be praying, God give me the seven spirits before the throne. Like never before, we've got to be saturated in the Holy Spirit. We've got to be saturated in the Holy Spirit's insight, in his knowledge, in his wisdom. We have got to be saturated. We've got to be so full of the Spirit of God that my friends, when people meet us, what oozes out of us is not our quick opinion. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what God is saying. And we've got to know that. We've got to be saturated in that. And in Daniel 5 verse 7, we see the commission on Daniel at that point of time. Because I said, God, what is it about Daniels that you want them to know in this time? And God said this, Daniel had to reveal the writing on the wall. My friends, it's time for the prophetic people to reveal the writing on the wall. It is time for the prophetic people to speak the truth in love so that the church and ultimately the world can see the writing on the wall. Mena, mena, tekel, parson from Daniel 5 verse 7. Mena means God has numbered the days of your reign. You have been weighed in the scales and found wanting. Parson means your kingdom is divided. Now, I want to read to you from 1 Peter 4, and we are so quick to say that God has divided and judging the world. My friend, God is not judging the nations. 1 Peter 4, and it's verse 17. First, I'm going to read verse 7. 1 Peter 4, verse 7, and I'm reading from my old NIV Bible again. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-control so that you can pray. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all else, deeply love each other because love covers a multitude of sins. That is our commission right now, friends. Be clear-minded, pray, and love each other love each other, body of Christ, it is time to love each other. It is time to draw each other into the fullness of our destinies. And then in verse 17, it says, for it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And so God is saying, judgment has come. My friends, judgment has come. The shaking has come, and judgment has come. And these words, mena, mena, tickle parson, God has numbered the days of your reign. The church, as we know it, is not going to be the same again, friends. The church, the way it was, is not going to be the same again. It is the priesthood of all believers that God is calling to rise up. Priests unto him. People that know how to worship him. That know how to serve him. That know how to minister to him. That know how to come into his presence. That know how to give him all glory. Because we cannot touch the glory of God. And then those that are kings that walk in the authority of sons. That wherever they go they usher in the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. And they usher in the supernatural of God. That's the kingdom. Excuse me. (coughs) That is a kingdom that is going to be ruling from now onwards. You have been weighed on the scales and you've been found wanting. My friends, Timothy warns us that there would be a time where there would be a form of godliness but no power. Jesus did not come and leave a powerless church. Jesus came to establish a church full of power. And the church that's gonna usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ is gonna be a church full of power. And my friends, we have been measured on the scales and we've been found wanting. And we've gotta come back to that place where we truly are the church that Jesus Christ has left us to be. And our kingdom, the kingdom of God is divided, friends. The kingdom of God is divided. And God is calling for one kingdom to rise up. He's coming back for his bride. And his bride is not part of denominations. His bride is not divided into cultures. His bride is not divided into nations or genders. His bride is his bride. One bride. He's coming back for one bride. And like never before, we've got to deal with our prejudiced hearts. And we've got to deal with our divisive hearts and we've got to deal with our offenses and we've got to repent before the Father because judgment has come against the church, friends. And once we as the bride of Christ come on our faces and repent and get ready to be who he's called us to be, only then can he even start looking at the nation's friends. We are so quick to judge the nation's friends. The nations are doing what they're doing because the church isn't doing what she's doing. We've got to come back and take our rightful place. And we've got to be who God has called us to be in this time. Life is not going back. Life is not going back to life as normal. God is shaking. And what God is shaking is going to look different because God is establishing His kingdom, His bride, His church. And He's coming back for His church and His bride and His kingdom. So God is saying it's got to look very differently. And then let's look at Joseph. We all know the story of Joseph. We know how he was sold by his brothers, how he was sold as a slave to Potiphar, how he ended up in a prison. And then there was a sudden when he was pulled out of prison and he had to come before the king. And he was described... As a man of great discernment and wisdom, in one in whom the spirit of God is. My friends, we've been saying, Esther's, Daniel's, Joseph, rise up. And God has been saying, where are my wise people? Where are those that are so filled with my spirit that they cannot be shaken? Where are those that are discerning the signs of the times? Where are those that can see what's happening and can see what's going on? Where are those that are prepared to say, God, I don't care about my life. I care to establish the kingdom of God because that's who He's looking for friends. And we see Joseph being taken out of prison and he comes before Pharaoh and he too comes and he speaks to Pharaoh about the dream that Pharaoh had. And he warns Pharaoh, he says, Pharaoh, there's going to be seven years of abundance, but there's going to be seven years of great lack. My friends, we are entering the time of great lack. We are entering the time where the abundance is not going to be pouring out in the system of this world the way that we used to anymore. We are entering the time where this world system is going to be shaking, my friends. And I'm telling you now, we're only at the beginning of it. It is April today. The last three months have been one thing upon another, upon another, upon another. Corona is the one we're facing right now. But I'm telling you, this is not the last one. And I'm telling you that this is not the end of the shaking. There is more coming But it's not there so that we can live in fear and run and hide. It's so that we can be established unshakably as sons of God, drinking from a different well receiving from a different kingdom, unshakably knowing who our father in heaven is, unshakably knowing what he has promised us in these last days. He said an Elijah generation with a double portion. He said a people that will be able to do what Elijah did, but are going to do twice as much as Jesus did. And we know that it's talking about a top. It's not talking about Elijah coming back. We are the sons of God. We come in a double mantle of Jesus Christ. But my friends, we have to unshakably know, just as Jesus could multiply food, just as Elisha could multiply food, so the sons of God are going to be multiplying food. What happens when our sources in this world is cut off? We're going to draw fully from the sources of heaven. And I'm telling you now, Don't be shaken by your source supply being cut off. Be excited because you are now plugging in to a far greater source, a far greater supply, a a supply that cannot be shaken. And what was Joseph's role? He had to go around in the years of plenty and he had to take some and say, guys, deposit, 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 so that in the years of lack, you are going to have. And my friends, if you've been depositing in, if you've sought first the kingdom of God and you've been depositing in to the kingdom of heaven, and you've been in a time of preparation where it's felt like nothing's happening, it's time for you to withdraw from your deposit. Because those that had deposited could withdraw. But there wasn't only enough provision for those that had deposited. Because suddenly the nations were being drawn to Joseph. And that's how God brought restoration into his own family. And suddenly they were able to feed the nations. And my friends, the deposit that we have got in the vats of the kingdom of God aren't only for those of us that have been depositing in faith, in trusting, in our finances, in, in, in pouring our lives out for the kingdom. But there's enough there that those that have never done a thing can come and drink and receive because he's a kind God and he's a gracious God. And our work and our job is just to draw them to his well of provision for this time and for this season. We've been praying, saying, God, let the Esther's rise up. My friends, you may be an Esther. Are you prepared to lay down your life for the sake of a kingdom? Are you prepared to be nothing so that he can be everything? You may be a Daniel. Are you prepared to become a eunuch in the courts of a Babylonian king? Are you prepared to lay down your dreams? so that you can become the man that God needs you to be. Our government needs prophets next to kings. Our business and future needs prophets next to kings. Our managers needs prophets next to kings. God is looking for those that are spiritful, that are wise, that are full of the intelligence, that are full of the glory of God, to take their rightful place in the next season, friends. We have to be ready to walk out of here, friends, not waiting for life as normal. Not waiting for another good day to follow this time of lockup. Not spending this time of lockup thinking about all the things we could have been doing, we should have been doing, being irritated with each other. This is a time of preparation, friends, and the kindness of God and the glory of God has allowed the whole world to be prepared at the same time. How amazingly kind is God? Do you understand the kindness of God? Do you understand that God has literally paused the world so that His church can get ready in this time. Do you understand this is a sovereign hour? It's a sovereign time. Do you understand how supernatural this is? And it's not about a virus. It's about God saying to his church, Church, you have been lukewarm for too long. Church, you have not seen for too long. Church, you have been deaf for too long. I'm wanting you to wake up. I'm wanting you to buy soul for your eyes. I'm wanting you to buy clothes of righteousness so that you can get ready. We see how uh, how Queen Esther was prepared for a year soaked in perfumes to be ready. We see how Daniel had to sacrifice himself and his friends to be ready. We see how Joseph literally was, was, went through the most terrible tests of, of dishonoring and injustice and thrown in prison just to be ready. My friends, this is our season of getting ready. And for some of you, you've been getting ready already and you are ready. There are forerunners that are ready, and God said they are forerunners that are ready. But for the majority, you're not ready, and you've got to get ready for the time. We're not going back to church as normal. We're not going back to life as normal. This is a new era, it's a new day, and it's a new season. And every time that there was a new era, life looked very different. Why did not God not tell the prophets to warn about Corona? Because Corona is not the enemy. The enemy is the fact that God is shaking his church to be able to stand against the ploy of the evil one and what he has got plotted for the last days. My friends, we need to each other like never before. Jesus said that when the birth pains start happening faster, that things are happening very soon. Now we know things are happening very soon. Things are coming into place so soon we can't contain ourselves. Now don't look at what's coming into place with fear. Look at the fact that at the same time, the unshakable army of God is being raised up. The army of God that cannot be shaken. My friends, after Daniel did this, he was thrown in the lion's den. What happened in that lion's den? The almighty God came through for him and he survived the night among the lions to continue with the work that God has got for him. And I'm gonna tell you now, friends, it doesn't matter what's coming. If you are so well-rooted abiding in him, if he is the tree and you are abiding as the branches, nothing can shake you. Those that have built themselves on the rock of Jesus Christ cannot be shaken. But we have one enemy, and we cannot be divided. My friends, the enemy has brought all kinds of things to try and divide us. I want to tell you something, and I want to just read for you with to you from Revelations twenty-one verse seven to nine, and then Revelations twenty-two verse fourteen. He that overcomes. There's an overcoming that has to happen, friends. Shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my sons. But the fearful, this is not a time to be filled with fear. The unbelieving, this is not a time for doubt. The vile. The murderers, the sexual immoral, this is not a time to be debating what is moral and what is not. I want to tell you what's moral. The marriage bed between one man, one woman under a covenant of heaven is what's moral. Nothing else is good enough to be able to establish the kingdom of God in it. The sorcerers, the idolaters, the liars, they shall have their part in the lake of burning sulfur. I want to read to you from Revelations 22, verse 14. This is a sober message, friends, because this is a message to say, Church, do you understand what we're meant to be doing? Do you understand what God has called us to do in this time? Revelations 22, verse 14 says, Blessed are those who wash their robes. Revelation begins by saying, "By solve. And get yourself clean robes, pay the cost of it, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice sorcery, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who practices falsehood. My friends, he's very clear about what's going to disqualify us one day. He's very clear. That is Revelations, that is New Testament, that's under grace. But there's one thing I want to draw your attention to. Both those scriptures talk about sorcerers. That word sorcerers is pharma chaos, which means that's where the word pharmacy comes from. Do you know when I was growing up, there were no pharmacies. There were chemists, people that combined things to bring healing to the body. Today we have pharmacies. And everything we hear discuss comes out of the mouth of Pharmacies and people that are involved in pharmacies. What is the pharmacy? It's one who prepares or uses drugs. A pharmacist, a poisoner, a druggist, or a potion. That's that's um, from G five three three two. If you want to look in the Strong's, God says that the sorcerers cannot come into the kingdom of God. Now I want to ask you Christians. I want to ask you Body of Christ. I want to ask you sons of God. Why are we debating? whether a man with a solution that comes out of pharmakia is going to be the savior to this world. Why are we being divided on something that God has already disqualified? It is not a vaccine that's going to save us. It is not a man with a plan to bring a vaccine into the whole world. And we've all somehow got to be registered to be able to receive this. That is the savior. My friends said it's a distraction. And he is not the enemy. Our enemy is the enemy. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and against hosts of wickedness in high places. There are many people that the enemy is using, but they are not the enemy. If you deal with a person, he just raises up another person. There are principalities and powers. And my friends, we have to understand something. It is through the church. Ephesians 3 verse 10 that the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known to the principalities and to the powers. But the church is to become united with one heart, one mind, one strength, to be able to stand against that which is coming in this end time. And we're not the ones that are going to fight principalities and powers. We're going to worship. We're going to open the heavens. That's what God has commissioned us to do. We're going to use our eyes to see as we've never seen before. We're going to use our mouth to speak as we've never spoken before. We've got to speak. We've got to declare. We've got to prophesy. We've got to pray. We've got to worship. This is the time for the body of Christ to get on their knees. This is the time for the body of Christ to repent for the areas in our life that has disqualified us. This is the time to be united as one. My friends, how will God ever bless a solution to the problems of this world that comes from something that doesn't qualify to go into the kingdom of God? His solution is not coming through pharmacists. Nobody bringing a vaccine is a savior. <clears throat> that is a distraction. It's a distraction to cause division in the body of Christ. It is a distraction to cause us to be double minded. It is a distraction to cause us to fight battles when we have a war to fight. My friend, the savior to the world's problems is not Trump. The saviour to the world's problems is not the next man that rises up and says, I have come to bring peace. Remember, at the fall of Babel, the enemy started planning this day and this hour to bring back a Babel situation, to bring back one world order, one government, one economy, one control, one money system, one religion. That is our enemy. And God said it's going to happen. It is going to rise up. It has already risen up. He said that. He said it's already operating. But he says that when the pains get stronger and stronger and stronger, we will know that the power of that is going to be more intense. My friends, if we receive anything in our body as a permanent mark that connects us to that system, we cannot enter the kingdom of God because we will be eternally connected to the system that is the enemy of what God is doing in this time. The savior to the world in this time is Jesus Christ. The savior to the world in this time is the army of God rising up to take their rightful place. We have to usher in the great awakening and the revival of this time, and we cannot be distracted we cannot look to the left or the right. We cannot be swayed by every wind and doctrine. We cannot be caught up by every opinion. We have to know what it is that God has called us to do in this time and in this place. How do we know that? By being so saturated in the presence of God, by becoming priests like never before and becoming Kings, like never before, to rise up in the authority. God said the time of preparation is over. It is the time to walk in the new authority. God said the clocks have stopped. It is a new era, friends. It is a new era. And God has always relied on a remnant. And God is calling us to take our rightful place as a remnant of God in that time and in that place. I have spent many years looking into end-time prophecies. When God started talking to me prophetically about the end times and what was happening, I started researching the word of God. And I want to tell you, my friends, the word of God is our only truth. He is the God of truth, the spirit of truth. This is our only truth. This is where we're going to find the solutions. And I just want to draw your attention to Daniel 2, please. And if you can just look at Daniel 2, and it's verse 43 and 44. And we look in Daniel 2 verse 43 and 44, we see that Daniel has gone and he's unpacked the whole dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And we see that incredible dream. And you can look it up anywhere if you want to go look up the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And it says that there would be a head of gold and a a chest of silver. And then there would be the Iron Age and then there would be the Bronze Age. And eventually would go into the feet where it would be clay and iron and they would never mix. And we've been living in the season and the time, friends where there's been, the nations have not been able to click together, and they have not mixed together, we've been living into that time, and I want to tell you, people have been talking about sheep nations, and they've been talking about goat nations, actually, God is coming back for sheep, and his sheep know his voice, and his sheep are going to rise up out of every nation, and it's not about goat nations and sheep nations, it's about the body of Christ, the sheep of God, rising up out of every nation, and taking their rightful place, because when he comes again, friends, He's not going to be looking at the nations and saying, you're a goat, you're a sheep. He's going to be looking at people. He's always been about people. He's always been about his sheep. My sheep know my voice. And God is calling his sheep to take their rightful place in this time and in this place. And Daniel 2, 43 and 44, after he had described the whole vision and he described what it stood for, he then spoke about the rock that was coming. And this excites me so incredibly because he says, And just as you saw the iron mixed with clay, baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In that time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock. My friends, we are in the time where God is establishing his kingdom. We are in the time. There have been wars and rumors of wars. There have been wars and rumors of wars. They've been talking about establishing of this and establishing of that. We have been seeing all kinds of systems in place. We've been seeing all kinds of ploys. My friends, worship is our greatest weapon of warfare. Worship is our greatest weapon of warfare. It creates an equilibrium and it shifts frequencies. It is our greatest weapon of warfare. Rising up and as our authority, being full of the Holy Spirit and under the power of the fire of the Holy Spirit is what God is calling us to do. Do not be fooled by a disorder bringing order because the world has created disorder so that he can bring order under the wrong king. Jesus is raising up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is a time for the kingdom of God, the priesthood of all believers to get together as never before, to take their rightful place as never before. We have nothing to fear, friends, nothing to fear. Because no matter what the shaking and no matter how difficult it is, when you are living under the wing, when you are living so close to the father, where he's whispering into your ear, where he stands behind you saying, go left, go right, where he's leading you and he's guiding you, you are filled of the absolute power and the authority of Jesus. Is it going to be difficult? The Bible says in Matthew 24, it is going to be difficult. It is going to be difficult because our comforts are going to be shaken. It was not easy for Esther to be put into a harem. It was not easy for Daniel to go through castration and to be put into the courts of a Babylonian king. It was not easy for Joseph to have to go through those prison times. I want to tell you something, my friend. The Bible says that those who endure to the end will be called the sons of God. And there is an enduring that has to happen in this time. And we have to unshakably know what it is that our father wants from us. But he has given us everything we need. He's given us the word of truth. He's given us the spirit of truth. And he's given us each other. And we need to pray for each other. And we need to lift each other's arms up. And we need to empower each other. And we need to honor each other. We need to respect each other. We need to celebrate each other. God has raised up mighty men and women in this time in South Africa. My friend, I rejoice when I hear how many people are ministering on the preparation between the Passover and the Pentecost. That's where we're living right now. I rejoice when I hear how many people are worshipping, how many people are preaching. There are amazing ministers in South Africa for this time, but not only in our country. God has raised up mighty men and women all over the world for a time such as this. My friends, God is not shaken and he's not surprised. We are, but we're only shaken and we're only surprised because we haven't been seeing the signs of the times. But now he's saying, can you see? Can you see? Life is not going back to the way it was. It may not be comfortable. Joel, looking down the vision of time at this time, said just before that great and dreadful day of the kingdom of God coming, Peter, who encountered the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 verse 17, quoted the same scripture, friends. But he said, the great and glorious day. This is a glorious day. Why? Because our comforts might be shaken, but we are going to know the power of God like never before. We're going to see the supernatural of God like never before. We're going to walk in the authority of God like never before. As we walk down the street, our shadows are going to heal people like never before. This is a time to pray for each other, to honor each other. I want to tell you now, friends, this is the time to discover the true value that there is in our country of the amazing men and women, priesthood of all believers that are in our land in this time ready to take their rightful place. There are so many Esthers, there are so many Daniels, and there are so many Josephs. And God is saying, rise up and take your rightful place. This is the time of exposing the plots of evil. This is a time of warning the covenant people that they are not called. This is a time of identifying the traps that have been sent for the anointed people of God. This is a time to lead people to the vats that have been prepared as provision in this time for a season of this. This is a time to read the words. This is a time to be able to say, God has numbered your days of rain that God has weighed you and found you wanting, that the kingdom is divided. And that is not done as a final sentence. That is done as a preparation time, that God is calling us to get ready and to take our rightful place as his army in this time. This is not a time for fear. This is a time for fire. This is not a time to pull back. This is a time to run forward. This is not a time to be quiet. This is a time to speak. But my friends, we do need to be very careful what we say. Do not come into agreement with that which God is not in agreement with. Do not start raising up magnificent people and honoring them in places of preference and and where they have been given all the attention when they are not representing the kingdom of God and what God is doing. Because on the very gallows that Haman had prepared for the men of God, he hung there himself. And my friends, we don't have to worry about what's going to happen to the Hamans of this time. They're going to hang on their own gallows. What we do have to do, friends, is as the army of God, get ready, take our rightful place, be prepared within and without. Do not waste this time of preparation. My friends, this is a very pregnant pause in the kingdom of heaven. Coronavirus is just one of the shakings. It's just one. I heard this morning that there was a five and a half meter wave that hit Wellington in New Zealand. My friends, the the famines are still happening. The locusts are still happening. The earthquakes are still happening. The hurricanes are still happening. And they're going to continue after corona. This is a virus We do have to conquer this virus, but my friends, there's more coming. This is a time of preparation. Are you ready? Are you ready for this new era? Are you ready for this new season? Are you so unshakably built on the rock of Jesus Christ that as that rock hits, that you will not be shaken? Because my friends, every one of us, that finds himself rooted on the rock of Jesus Christ in this time, are going to see glorious things that we did not know was possible because he's promised it to his sons. The safest place on earth to be in this time, in this season, and in this era is under the wing of the Almighty God in the secret place of the Most High in the pasture with Jesus Christ as the gate absolutely saturated with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, and being ready and waiting that we can go out there, that the nations can be drawn to his light. My friends, when he comes back, the glory of the Lord will be known to the nations as the waters cover the sea. In this incredibly privileged pause that God has given us, Friends, church, body of Christ, shift, rearrange, change, take your rightful place. It's not going back. It's moving forward. Are you ready for that which God is preparing us? Jesus, I want to pray for your church. I want to pray for your body. I want to pray that the words, my feeble words, will be anointed because your anointed word does not return void. You promised in Isaiah 55 that when you anoint a word, it will not return void. And I want to thank you, God, that this will not be Kathy's opinion, but it will be the anointed word of God going out there. And it is under the anointing. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the good news to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free and to release from prison those that aren't prisoners because it is the year of the vengeance of God. What is the vengeance of God? The ashes being brought back to beauty in the lives of the whosoever are prepared to take his hand and to walk with him in this time and in this place. We ask For glory to be manifest in your church in the incredibly powerful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that Esthers, Daniels and Josephs can rise up and take their rightful place in our parliaments, in our businesses and in everything God that you have created to be part of your perfect kingdom for the time coming, for the decade ahead, and for the next season, until Jesus Christ, you come back and you fetch us, your bride, but not only us, but every single person who's lost and still has to be part and come into this glorious kingdom that you have been preparing for a time such as this. We ask this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you, church. Bless you, everybody. Go and be who he's called you to be in Jesus' name.